0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Stories of that game and what happened in the clubhouse is fantastic. There's no game that can bleep you like this one! (laughs) It's Roycey on baseball. Let's go, here.
1: Racy and Manny Hill here
0: with the second edition of the uh, Racy on Baseball podcast. You'll be able to hear it all week. Uh, Double header uh, t- this week we have uh, Tom Kelly and Tim Kirchin. And uh, I'm sure we're going to have some uh, wonderful baseball talk, uh, Manny. This twin schedule is driving me crazy. You can't you can't Just play twice, off. take a day off. And of course, the bad news here is uh, we're doing this on Monday, and uh, they're off today, and they will be uh, playing two games on the road uh, in uh, New York against the Mets, and then, weather permitting. <laughs> Uh, they come home and it looks it's supposed to snow Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. There's probably a very good chance it gets snowed out Friday, which means they will have had six days off in the first 16 days of the season. That is no way to put a team together. And this idea that you can't put Nelson Cruz on the field just empath, empath, empath emphasizes mm-hmm. we got to get the DH in the National League. And yeah. get this it's nonsense. Do not. To to the teams because the National League there's nothing to defend anymore. The game is yeah. here. They want they got guys they want to put in the lineup too. You know the the chubby guy from uh, Houston, Evan Gannis, doesn't mm-hmm. have a job because there's you know they don't want to catch him. A guy like that should have a job, shouldn't he yeah. in the National League?
2: If, if he can hit, I mean he should be able to be in the lineup as much as possible. And I'm going to ask Tom Kelly about this too, when when we get him on, but yeah, you know, Pat, and I've always been sort of on the fence with the old because there, there's certain aspects about baseball that oh, I sure. want to keep around. And, you know, the National League, you know, the, the strategy that goes into late in games if you have to decide you want to take a pitcher out and all that. Like, I like that, but at the same time, you got a bat like Nelson Cruz and you can't. You can't yeah. really use them the for a weekend thing in Philadelphia. Is, man. The other
0: thing is, there's no strategy anymore. They just take them out. Right. Because they got 13 yeah. they're pulling the, they have Both, no
2: both p- leagues, they're pulling pitchers out after about five yeah, innings and they anyway. They have
0: no pinch hitters because they have no bench. So right. the old National League strategy yeah. is no, you're right. who are we going to scrounge up for a pinch hitter here? And uh, they're going to change pitchers anyway. So, uh, yeah. you know, the uh, I saw yesterday the Red Sox finally won a game, one to nothing, and they did it. They got what? Five hundred million invested in their starting pitchers, and they they pitch some guy off the street who pitched three innings, and then they had five relievers, and they won the game. So, uh, not the game of my youth, not even your youth, for goodness sakes. But
2: uh, yeah, no, that's crazy.
0: We'll uh, have a good old time uh, talking to uh, Tom Kelly and Tim Kirchin uh, this week. Now we're going to do this uh, every uh, week, and uh, next week we'll be back with Buster Olney, but uh, we're very proud of our baseball lineup and the conversation you'll hear here. So uh, we'll get to uh, Tom Kelly right here. Tom Kelly is with us uh, for the first time on the Ricey on Baseball uh, show. Tom, uh, the Twins have played eight games. They're going to Play two more, hopefully. Uh, come home Thursday, they will have had five off days in the first 15 days of the season. Then they're going to get snowed out on Friday. Oh boy. I wouldn't think this is the optimum way to start a season. You probably like to see your team play when you come out of spring training, huh?
3: I, I believe that's correct, Pat. You, you know, if, if, if everybody's healthy and sort of ready to go you you sort of like to keep going you know now if you got a couple guys banged up here or there eh, but uh, then you you know you argue the pitching side of it you want to get the pitchers in a in a rotation and a a rhythm and, and uh, a good work place where they you know you know their work schedule is continuous and and uh, falls in line and but the good thing here is that uh, if there is a positive, uh, uh, they're keeping Barrios on his on his regular day, and and uh, the others are getting an extra day, and you know, I I think that in the long run, it, you know, it could possibly end up being a good thing. But uh, but to answer your question, I I think you'd rather play.
0: Yeah, and uh, the. Uh... You know, and Gibson is kind of the guy getting the short end of the stick here because he lost that weight, and, you know, yeah. he was. they kind of brought him along slowly. But uh, it's going to be pretty hard to judge him if, if he gets two starts in the first 14 yeah, days you or know, something in, like that. In
3: his case, Pat, you know, you can take the other side and say, well, maybe, because, uh, you know, I mean, you saw him in spring training. I didn't, uh, but just looking at him, Uh, he looked thinner for sure. Yes, he is. I I thought he looked a little bit worn out uh, the last inning that he pitched uh, the other day. And uh, uh, so the extra day might actually help him uh, in the long run. I'm sure there's doctors that would argue or whatever, but I guess you can take the other side of it. But, uh, I think in his case, it it might actually benefit him to get an extra day because he—he for me he looked worn out.
0: Really. Really? You did. You had the privilege of doing all your managing at home in a dome, so you didn't care where you started or what went on. But I remember the good old days when Major League Baseball schedules, and this is probably 20 years ago, where they actually took into account the potential for weather or whether you were in a dome or not. I don't know why all of a sudden – We thought that uh, it was a good idea, let's, for instance, to have the Mets in Washington play six of their first, you know, 10 games against each other, when it's probably one of the, right now with the two pitching staffs, it's one of the best rivalries in baseball. Why not play it later in the year where you can get 40,000? I don't get it.
3: Well, I I don't think I'd want that job, so it's (laughs) hard to criticize it. But there was two. Dome teams that were playing each other, that was, you know, that, that doesn't make any sense.
1: No, you know. no. Come on,
3: you got to do better than that. So when two d- Dome teams are playing uh, against, see, I can't remember which teams it was, Houston and I, I forget, Tampa, uh, Tampa was it?
1: Yeah, yeah, play? I think so. Yeah, here's yeah, have Houston,
3: domes, yeah. and
0: there they're playing each other. What <laughs> the hell are you thinking about? Yes, you know. and even if they don't have domes, they're too warm weather cities. There you go, <laughs> that's worse. So, you know? again,
3: it, it, uh, it's befuddling sometimes. <laughs> that's a pretty good word for me. <laughs> the, uh, uh but to come up with that schedule where the two domes—I yes. mean—I think that's where you would start. I, I yes. mean, come on, this is what you look at. The first thing I think I'd look at is—is is, well, here's your domes. Let's play there. <laughs>
1: yes, right. Let's
3: start, you know, and, and get at least a week or so out of the way—seven, eight days—at uh, least give the teams up north a better shot, and maybe in the east, but. Uh, uh, again it is what it is I, I don't think I'd want that job so uh it's, I'm not gonna criticize, criticize it too
0: much I was talking with Tommy Hamilton when he was here uh with Cleveland yeah. and he said uh, I believe they were they were gonna play Toronto at Cleveland before they played them in Toronto yeah, <laughs> which that, he yeah, did there, there you go that's the kind <laughs> of thing that makes you wonder yeah it's uh it is but. i I don't know uh what do you? We've been at it a long time now, and we want the Red Sox and the Yankees to play each other 19 times, but uh, I liked it better when uh, right. we, we played them at least nine, didn't you? Uh, I liked uh,
3: when it was uh, balanced. Balanced, I, I did. I thought it was fair for everybody. And, and uh, so I, I, I liked that schedule, but apparently that doesn't work anymore with the, uh, the extra division and – you know, so again, and playing like for us, playing the Brewers uh, on a weekend, whether it was over there yes, or here, right. you know, I thought that was sort of mandatory instead of in the the middle of the week and uh,
0: two game you know, series in the middle of the week sense. this
1: year. Yeah, you
3: know, so you'd get a full house and 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 those kind of things. So you know, when doing the schedule, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, our higher ups are, are begging, you know, for the Yankees to come in here on the weekend and the Red Sox to come in on the weekend. But uh, those two teams can't, uh, you know, oblige everybody. So, you know, so but playing the Brewers a uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday sure doesn't make sense to me.
0: Tom, uh, of course, the uh, analytic uh, era has long been upon us here now for several years. What when I, you know, I'm no sense in uh, complaining about it. It's here and it's it's taken over the game. But what do you see as the biggest change in the game? Is this is it the shift? I mean, because, okay, you identify the spin rate of a pitcher like Jake Odorizzi, let's say. And, uh, okay, we're going to emphasize this pitch, but. He's still Jake Odorizzi, and he's going to be good sometimes and not good the other. I mean, you are, That's what in, it is. no matter what you do, you're not, because he throws more curveballs than he used to throw, that might help him once in a while, and I'm not identifying him. I'm just talking in generalities right. here. But I'm to right. me, there you are what you are, right. and you can, be, you can be improved. And you guys, when you didn't have analytics as intense as these, you could improve a guy, but some, there's a limit, too.
3: You know, if you just look at last year with the Red Sox, well, they had, uh, if you want to use these analytics or say this is the reason we're winning, or uh, I, I still think the, winning, the reason they're winning is that Evaldi and Sale and Porcello and and the guy at the end who's not pitching. Roll there, and and uh, some of the guys that come in and throw 97, 98 uh, before them, uh, before you get to the closer, but these pitchers pitch into the game. They pitch six, seven, eight innings, if not a complete game, which doesn't happen often. But you know they're in the game in the seventh and eighth inning, and this keeps keeps your bullpen intact. And and you find when you have pitching like this that that you uh, uh, your defense plays much better. And and you're probably going to have to lead uh, if you have any kind of lineup, which they do or they did. And uh, you're going to find yourself winning a lot of games. And I think it all still centers around that pitching mound. And, you know, like you said, you you improve people. You can improve some people, yes. But are they still in the class uh, that can pitch into the seventh and eighth inning uh, to keep the bullpen straight? You know, and that's the bottom line. Now, uh, Orte Rizzi, uh, as an example, and, and I like the guy. I really do. I talked to him
1: yeah, he's for a, a good few guy.
3: minutes uh, on opening day, and he couldn't have been nicer to me. I, I mean, he uh, – it was a real – I was sort of su- surprised. I never met the guy. and uh, uh, But he talked so eloquently and, and uh, was very – he was sort of kind to me in a way where you know he pointed out a few things and you know the World Series, all that stuff, and 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 uh, he he couldn't have been nicer. And so you know I sort of root for the guy. Sure. But uh, he goes out and pitches a, a wonderful game his first time, and then the second day, second time, is not so good. Now, well, you you look at like we do with the horses. We you look at the past performance. And you see seven, eight, ten, twelve lines there of what the horse has done his last uh, six months, seven months, whatever it's been. And we do, you know, do the same with the player and look at the last six, seven, eight years. And you sort of you can sort of identify just what he is. And he's had enough time. He's had enough starts, and you 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 can see what he is. And if you improve in one game or two games, uh, you know you. Should, Slap yourself on the back and say, "Yeah, we did a good job with him." Okay, but you know you have to do that with, in within our case, four or five guys. And I don't know if you can do it with four or five. You know, you might get one or two you improve, but to think you're going to improve five, I think you're, you know, you're dreaming a little bit. But uh, again, uh, you know, I. I I like to give everybody a chance and see what they do. And if we can improve them, that's great. And, uh, but you know, sometimes you have to say, well, he is what he is and this is what it is and, and, and accept it. And, you know, in Jake's case, he's a, uh, he pitched, he usually gets a number of innings that are pretty high up there. And uh, so you have to have those kind of people to eat those innings up. And, and he seems to be that kind of guy. So, There's positives and then there's some negatives, uh, just like the other day was sort of a negative. But, uh, again, people are who they are. And, uh, you know, if you think you're going to improve a whole bunch of them, I I think you're probably dreaming. So uh, the...
0: uh, the uh, Twins here had to, uh, because of the new philosophy of bullpens, even though they're not playing very many games, they had to go and get another pitcher because they uh, they had a short starter too. So yeah. you got to go get another reliever and you got to get rid of uh, Tyler Austin who at least has some power. Now his his time here, it wasn't going to work because C.J. Krohn was going to yeah. be the first baseman. But uh, it is interesting that no matter how... Loose the schedule is if they blow out the bullpen one day, they're going to have somebody else here the next. So. That's the
3: way it is now. Not like it was before.
0: It, you uh, used to have to have, have that guy suck it up once in a yeah, while.
3: Somebody's going to have to pay the price. And, <laughs> and uh, again, you don't want to ever try to do that, but sometimes you have to. And years ago, you had to do it quite a bit. But uh, now they just go. go. There's no problem. Just go. And I told Rocco, I says, when you, you know, you need to have at least three guys down there at AAA that you can sort of count on. So when you have to do this, you can bring somebody in that you're confident that can come in and pitch and get them out. But, you know, once you start reaching to the minors, um, you, they weren't good enough to be on the big league club to start with. So things you think are going to deteriorate it. A touch, but uh, it's sure nice if you got three guys down there that you can plug in and, and bring in due to injury or short starts or whatever the case may be. But you need to have some people down there that you can sort of count on.
2: TK, when you when you look at the Twins this past weekend in Philadelphia, we saw Nelson Cruz. I mean, he he came in to pinch hit late in the ninth uh, on the game on Sunday, but. Correct. Uh, you know, when you have a bat that good in your lineup that you hope to get as many at bats as possible, but it's so hard when you're playing in a National League Park. How do you how do you manage that? How does how does Rocco sort of make that decision and find that balance between trying to get Nelson in the lineup in a National League Park?
3: Yeah, it's tough, Manny, and you're exactly right. It's a dilemma for the American League teams to do this because it's. Um, um, You know, you set your team with the DH, and that's how you program it. And uh, you're going to have to suck it up these uh, X amount of games that you have to play in the National League ballpark. But, you know, Kepler is is swinging the bat good. You want Buxton in the game because he can impact the game. And you want Rosario in the game, I would think. So that's unless Cruz can go over to first or something. I don't think that's the case, you you know, other Mm than... you can't, you're going to have to just sit them and wait to pinch hit. And uh, it makes it tough. Uh, you sure like to get them a couple, you know, four or five at bats, you know, in Philadelphia, the way that, that place, the ball goes over the fence. Uh, that fella hit two home runs pretty much one handed uh, <laughs> the other day. He hit one uh, yesterday and he, when he hit the first day, I think it was. But in Philly, uh, you know, he hit him one handed, and then they they went over the fence. It was yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> uh,
1: pretty good
3: pitches, and there they go. You know, so, yeah. uh, you sort of you really liked uh, been able to put him in the game, but I could see where Rocco was a little stuck with that, yeah. and you got to live with it.
0: Uh, you mentioned Buxton. Do you like the uh, what looks to be a new aggressive Buxton? Who, if you throw him that first pitch fastball, he's going to take a hack at it well, and I, a
1: committed you a hack,
3: Patrick. It must have been, I don't know how many years ago, but he was in the minor leagues and uh, spring training, and I was down watching him play, of course. I mean, you know me, I, I was trying to pop around to all the fields, but I made it a point to make sure I didn't miss him. And uh, I watched him one day. He's taking first pitch fastball, and I'm going, Jesus, you got to get after that one. And then the guy throws a good breaking ball away from him, and he flail at it, and he's zero to two. He was zero to two. I mean for a week. And I mm-hmm. I, said, I finally went in to Brad Style, who who was in charge of the yeah. minor leagues at that time, and and said, Brad, have you watched this with Buxton? Have you been? I said, I want you to get out there, and I want you to focus on, you know, because he's trying to watch all the games. Sure. And, and it's tough. But uh, I said, he's 0-2 for a week, mm-hmm. for a week now. Of course, I didn't see the road game, but he's 0-2. I said, he's letting this first one go. And he went and addressed it. I know he did. He addressed it, but it didn't change. It, and I just was kept shaking my head. I don't know why he was so reluctant or hesitant to swing at this first pitch fastball. And I'm so glad he, uh, as Patrick reported uh, this spring, that he was, you know, and, and he's such a nice guy. Yeah. And, Pat, you said this. He's such a nice fellow. I mean, you can't help not to like the guy. And and he works hard, and that makes it better yet. But he was and being such a nice guy, he was trying to appease a lot of different people, and and you know, listening to this guy, listening to this hitting coach, that hitting coach, and and others who would offer their advice. And I'm sure his head was spinning. I, I'm sure it was, and and, he, and it was his nature to try to be uh, nice to everybody. And the way he's brought up was just wonderful, but. Um, i'm glad you reported that he said hell with all that and i'm gonna be my guy and <laughs> yeah, i'm guy gonna start hitting do, and because enough's enough and and uh so good for him I'm, I'm hoping he uh the worst thing that can happen to any player is to start the season two for 28 you know and yes that'll put you in a bad mood and uh really set your season the wrong direction but uh, I'm glad he got off to a real a decent start here and uh, scoring some runs and playing like he can in the outfield, because uh, he can impact the game quickly. And uh, uh, so he has to play. And then back to Manny's point about uh, how do you get the other fella in the game? Well, you just can't, because you can't take Rosario out. Even though he did get off a little rough, uh, he seems to be coming around, but... And Kepler's been on fire, so, you know, he's sort of screwed as the manager trying to get a guy that, you know, can hit the ball over the fence at any time in the game. He's sort of
0: stuck. So. Say the, uh, the old philosophy of, you know, we went through that period of working the pitcher and, you know, getting ahead in the count and getting the pitch to hit. And I think... Mm-hmm. I think Buxton was trying to get a pitch to hit when they gave him a hit. The pitch to hit the first pitch, you know. Right. That's
3: yeah, he was
0: getting the, the hitters goal. count. Well, sometimes it's zero zero, yeah. <laughs> you know.
3: But uh, you know, it's tough hitting zero and two, and and uh, in, you find yourself zero and two. Well, you know, pretty much every at bat, it, it can't be any fun. I know. It's no fun at all.
1: So yeah. I know
0: that. Okay. Last question. Give me the comparable for Willens Ostadio as <laughs> an aggressive hitter.
3: You know, uh, <laughs> a couple years ago, I was watching the spring training, and I said, Jesus, this guy do not look too bad to me. <laughs> you know, and I said to Paulie, I said, Paulie, what about this guy? And he made the comment to me that, well, the general, you know, this was two years ago, yes, right. whatever the hell it was. Yeah and and he made the comment uh, uh well the pitchers really don't like throwing to him and i i said polly i said well, the guy can impact the game and, and and make stuff happen uh you know i said do we have that kind of pitcher that needs this kind of catcher uh you know, he did miss some balls or didn't, you know, he wasn't Johnny Bench back there. We know that. But, I mean, he, gosh, uh, you know, Brian Harper, you know, he wasn't no finished project, <laughs> project back there, you know, uh, either. You know, he was a work in progress, and he worked hard at it. Yeah. And I'm sure Asadilio does as well as Garver. And they work hard at it. Okay. So, you know, do we have Jim Palmer out there and, 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 and McGregor and all these others, you know, that need to have the specialty? Yeah, I used to make the comment, they made the comment, Dempsey. Dempsey, oh, God, he's terrific. I played with Dempsey. I know Rick Dempsey. Okay, believe me. Oh, boy. I could tell stories for days. But, you know,. I think I could go back there and catch Jim Palmer, boom, boom, boom <laughs> or or the, the the guy down there in uh, Smoltz and, and, and those kind of fellows they, the they hit it. Yeah. You don't have to move around much. I said to Polly, I don't know if we had that kind of picture, Polly, we you know, maybe should be worried about that. <laughs> you know, you know, who do you know, we're not uh so young out there. So but you know that was the comment, and and uh, boy, but he 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 makes stuff happen, Pat.
1: Oh yeah, he's you and know, he plays. You know plays he plays all. And,
3: and uh, I think if the wind wasn't blowing the way it was the other day, the, the one ball would have went over
1: the fence. I would he hit the hell
3: out of it. The left center, they caught it right in the edge on uh, the warning track out there. But uh, uh, he certainly can impact the game. There's no question, and and uh, he's fun. Mm-hmm. He's energetic. He can play anywhere you put him and, and, and uh, do a decent job mm-hmm. for you. So he looks like the kind of guy you certainly want to have on your ball club.
0: And he plays 55 games a winner. <laughs> he to he just looks like he likes to play. <laughs> yeah, He does. He's a lot of fun. Can't hey, beat that. All right, Tom. Hey, thanks for your time. We'll talk to you in a couple
2: of weeks. It was great.
3: All right, Patrick. All right. Manny.
2: Good to talk to you, TK.
3: Okay. Hey, what's all this basketball you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I put the radio on, and Manny's talking about uh, uh, the, the, the big guy, Town, shooting these jumpers, and he ain't jumping too high. What the <laughs> hell?
2: It's that set shot, TK.
3: Come on. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's where the game started with that shot.
2: Yeah, exactly. Very fundamental. Uh, all sound.
3: started many, 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 many years ago. That was his name,
1: Naismith. <laughs> yeah,
3: right. Back in the days of Naismith. We might yes, think
0: sir. we're watching Naismith tonight with those two oh, teams. God. It I'm might be in the forties.
3: <laughs> I've really enjoyed watching it. It's it's been a lot of fun. I I I was rooting for the Big Ten to start with, and they did pretty good the first round, but then things deteriorated. But uh, I was rooting for the Big Ten teams, but. You know, there's something to be said for defense, because you don't see it much when you put that NBA show on. Just, you know, 133 to 122, I mean, come on. 70 points in the first half. you got to be shitting me. What the hell? Somebody try. Okay. I mean, you look up and there's 40 in the first quarter. I mean are you trying at all? I mean, come on. I mean, that's silly. I
1: mean,
3: and then so that's why there's people out there, that if you want to call them purists, and I'm certainly not putting myself in that class with basketball or but the baseball, if you pitch decent and you play defense, you're going to have a hell of a chance to win it uh, every night, you know, you may you're not going to, but you're going to have a good chance, and that's what the people want to see. I don't know if people want to see 40 go up in the
0: first quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. We'll talk to you in a couple
1: of weeks. Thank I'm, you. Out, of g- I'm out of gas.
0: <laughs> okay. Goodbye. <laughs> see you, Bye. Tim Kirchner with us. He just told us he's in Boston. And uh, how's the Red Sox panic level there among the fans? Are they very upset yet? Have they forgotten about the
4: 108 victories? Uh, I think they've forgotten about the 119 victories from <laughs> yes, last year. That's yes, right. Because they have eight losses. Pat, yes. they didn't lose their eighth game until May the 1st last year. <laughs> so, oh, man. And plus, their starting pitching ERA is by far the highest in the major leagues. They've been outscored by 26 runs already, they outscored their opponents by 229 runs last year so this is a big deal and the one game they had well pitched was basically an opener game yesterday where they got a shutout right yes uh Hector Velasquez kind of saved the day yesterday <laughs> with three scoreless I I think we double checked this but I think it was the first time all year that a starting pitcher for the Red Sox got through the first three innings without allowing a run <laughs> I was a
0: little shocked, I don't know about you, when they decided to give Chris Sale $150 million without seeing him uh, in the regular season. And the, uh,
4: the fastball uh, hasn't been there yet, right? Right. Velocity is down, Pat. And remember, that five-year extension doesn't kick in until next year, and we're not even sure – What's he, what he's going to look like next year. Again, he's really – I mean, he's a great pitcher. He's a great competitor, but he's awfully slender. And he, it's a violent delivery, and he throws so hard, max effort all the time. Just makes you wonder how much is left in there, and is this velocity drop going to continue? Plus, it's a shoulder pat, and they're never quite sure about the shoulder. You can fix an elbow, shoulder's not so sure – so I think tomorrow is a pretty big start for him, just to see where he is. Second one was much better than the first, but velocity's still down.
0: What was the logic in their on their side of the uh, equation? Just well, that they're confident think, he's fine, and uh, they have to be, well, I guess.
4: They have to be, but they're also unbelievably loyal, and they're incredibly rich, so they have (laughs) the money to make a mistake on Sale when others don't, uh, but they think he's going to be fine, and so do I. I think he's going to get through this, but this is very risky to give somebody that kind of money when you really haven't... Remember, Pat, he threw 17 innings total in August, September last year, Mm -hmm. and even though he pitched in October and did pretty well... it's They have to be really, really sure before they're going to give them that much money. But they're the Red Sox. They love this guy. And they say, all right, moving forward, we got to have him.
0: But we'll see where it goes from here, Tim. I was I made the long drive from uh, the Twins ballpark to the Red Sox ballpark this spring, five miles to uh, right. to uh, see the for the opening kind of the opening day of spring training press conference, and they had Alex Cora there. It was fantastic, and then they brought Sale in, and what struck me seeing him in a confined room like that is. He is the same skinny guy he was when he broke in. I mean, his chest, is, you can almost see through it, he's, as you were saying. there's, there, I'm sure he's eaten a lot of pizzas and done everything else trying to put on weight. He just must be one of those guys that can't do it.
4: Yeah, and maybe maybe he's better this way. Maybe yeah. he's better when he's slender because this is all he's ever been. Just like CeCe Sabathia, I think is a little better when he's a little heavier. I mean, it's in baseball, you're never quite sure, but... Everybody gets bigger and stronger as they go along or, or gets a little heftier, and he hasn't. So we'll see where he goes from here. You know, Patty never won more than 17 games in a season either, and he always tires out. There's one month at one point of the season where he just hit mm-hmm. the wall. Uh, it looks like he's hit the wall already. We'll, we'll see how he pitches tomorrow.
0: I love baseball because we always know what's going to happen. Seattle is rebuilding; they're not trying. Uh, the Cubs and the Red Sox probably World Series favorites, and uh, we're two weeks in, or ten—not even two weeks in—and they're—they're in a panic at Wrigley, a panic at Fenway, and the Mariners are riding
4: high. Yeah, again, Pat, this <laughs> is why we love the game so much: is that you cannot predict it, and I'm always amused that we're always trying to predict where a player is going to be next year, where he's going to be in five years, where's this team going to be in five years, and we don't know where they're going to be in five minutes. That's <laughs> the beauty of the sport. It has made absolutely no sense so far, the way that you know the Astros have played, Cubs, Red Sox, and how some of these other teams have gotten off to such great starts. It's, it's why baseball is so good. I just didn't see the Mariners hitting 27 homers (laughs) in their first 11 games. That's that's uh, unbelievable. One other team, the 2009 Cardinals, have ever hit more homers this early in the season, uh, the 2000 Cardinals, than these Mariners.
0: Well, yeah, it's fantastic. I'll tell you, though, the team I really like, and I'm not saying this because uh, the way they're off, but I just watched them a couple of games early and – the Dodgers, whew, man, that, with with uh, some of those, you know, Bellinger and some of those guys look like they're back on their game, and uh, Jack yep. Pe- Peterson, and I love the lineup. I love the depth of the pitching, and uh, that, that, you know, it's as, there's 162 of them, but uh, I can see that team winning 100 games.
4: Yeah, I asked one of the Dodgers guys around the Dodgers this spring, what do you think of them? He said, oh, they are phenomenal Mm -hmm. Mm
1: phenomenal
4: what I also sense Pat this spring was that they're they're angry too Mm -hmm. they didn't just lose the World Series the last two years they got pounded last year and and didn't look very good doing it against the Red Sox and now it's like all right we got to go correct this thing now and what they've done Pat and I think this was critical They told Bellinger, you're going to play every day now. You're not sitting out game one and two of the World Series. Remember, Pat, they sat their top four home run hitters in games one and two of the World Series. No team had ever done that ever in a playoff game. They did it two games in a row in the World Series. And I think they looked at it and said, if we're ever going to beat the Red Sox, Astros, or Yankees, we better have nine guys we can throw out there every day. And now Cody Bellinger's thinking, I'm playing against lefties, righties. I'm hitting them all.
0: And they, uh, you know, they cleaned out. You know, they got, they made the great trade with Cincinnati. No matter what you got back, you got, uh, you, you moved some of that clutter you had where you had uh, Puig and uh, and Matt Kemp, and uh, they they got, you know, a ten man lineup here, and uh, it it looks pretty dang good to me.
4: Yeah, they're going to score a ton of runs, and when they get Kershaw healthy and Walker Buehler completely straightened out, uh, that pitching staff is going to be awfully good,
0: too. Uh, so, uh, the uh, uh, speaking of Puig, uh, he looked like he was auditioning for WrestleMania last yeah. night. <laughs> that was an angry young Cuban there, man. Holy right. cow. Pat, there was one
4: scene last night that if you froze the picture, it looked like he was fighting by himself the entire Pirate (laughs) He was just situated in such a spot where there were literally 22 Pirates. And he didn't care. One Cincinnati Red, and he didn't care. He was going to fight them all. And I know this sounds ridiculous, uh, but sometimes a fight, and I hate fights, but sometimes they can bring a team together. Doug Rader once told me a million years ago, he said, well, I was hoping we wouldn't go through the whole year without a good fight. <laughs> he really believed it was a galvanizing thing. And maybe Puig, new guy on the team, they have not quite figured him out yet. He hasn't hit yet. team is terrible so far. Maybe, and this is a stretch, maybe this is something that the Reds say, all right, we're all in this together. Now let's go, let's go play well on the field. We haven't done that yet.
0: Who was the guy holding on to his leg uh, for the teammate that uh, looked like he was trying to tackle Jerome Bennett? You know, who, yeah. was, who was there, that? There were
4: there were <laughs> there were teammates everywhere. I know Joey Botto was trying to be Yeah, somebody had team. him by the leg and looked like a right. coach or something. <laughs> And, the peacemaker and, just so Puig could kill somebody or get killed himself. It
0: was that Tom Prince that was down and like in the wrestling stance. I think that might have been him. You know, it trying was, to keep him away. But it
4: was uh, it was
0: WrestleMania, right? <laughs> I suppose we'll have to give Puig a five game suspension. But poor Cincinnati, you know. A great base-style ball town when you give them any encouragement whatsoever, and now they go and do something in the offseason, and they start 1-8. Uh, unbelievable.
4: Yeah. Uh, they've scored 21 runs all year. What? The, again, the Mariners have scored, have hit 27 homers, and the the Reds just can't score any runs. No, they're up to 20, 25 runs now the entire season. How How is that possible? <laughs> I don't know. But that's just... That what That's what happens when you get shut out three games in a row by the Pirates. Okay.
0: I think, you know, baseball tonight, obviously not on as often as it used to be. But you need a weekly 90-second Ostadio
4: package, don't you think? Uh, <laughs> he, is, he is by himself. After Javi Baez is the most watchable player in this league. He never walks. You try to jump him at home plate, vault over his head, he grabs you. He's a short, fat little guy, and yet he's got good hands and good feet. He can play third base with that body. It's amazing. Uh, this is another reason why baseball is so great is you look at that guy and go, he's not even an athlete, and yet <laughs> he really is. And how can that body be a good body to play baseball? And it is. And, uh, uh, you know, they they when they first
0: brought – he spent all winter in Venezuela. Well, he played 60 games, but he played them all in left field. The year before, he played them all at third base. He doesn't catch in the winter, but he's not terrible behind the plate. He's okay. The pitchers have gotten to like him a little bit. And, you know, the twins are – they got three catchers now, because Castro's the guy they're playing the money to, and Garber's a good hitter, but they they got to get this guy in there, too. And, you know, he should be the hitting instructor for all of baseball, because you know, he walks once a month, and he strikes out once a month. It's unbelievable.
4: <laughs> right. He's the aberrant guy. We love him for it.
0: Did you ever look at that, st- his minor league stat line, there's one year, he had, like, 10 walks, 10 strikeouts, and 13 hit-by-pitches <laughs> during a full season. He got hit by a pitch more than he walked or struck out. Yeah, right. It's, again, it's fantastic. Today's day and
4: age, Pat, when we have poor Chris Davis, who's 0 for his last 44 with 27 strikeouts. They got a.
0: They they, what are they waiting to see happen, uh, Tim? This it, is, this is Ryan Howard. This is worse than Ryan Howard. It's over. It's, you got to let him go.
4: And for his sake, you got to let him go. But for the team's sake, in a in a complete rebuild, which they're in, he. I'm sorry, I, I really like the guy. He's a great dude, but he's got to be the first to go now. And it's yeah. just that there's 92 million tied up there. Well. The biggest it'll be the biggest eating of salary ever. But it. Unfortunately, it has to be done for everybody's sake. Well,
0: what do they think? He's going to hit two home runs and then somebody's going to take half of the
4: salary? It's not happening. No.
0: Uh, it's not well, happening. It's so-
4: any of that salary, and the poor guy, I wonder if he's ever going to hit two home runs again because he is totally lost at the plate. He's 0 for 44. The record, Eugenio Velez, 0 for 46 for oh, a position right. player. Oh, my goodness. Yeah,
0: and uh, it was funny the year before they paid him. Man, he was—he just flipped the ball out in left field. He would, you know, he wouldn't have in Camden Yards, that short ballpark. Man, he just—he'd hit the ball about eighty percent. it would go out in left center, and you thought, oh boy, what a what a power hitter! But it's—it's it's incredible, and it's you know, if this was a one off, you know, if it was just the start of a, a horrible season, but we, we've seen it now. It's this is what he is
4: now. Yeah, this is what he is, and again, to you know, to struggle this badly after struggling that badly at the start of his career, and then having a fifty-six homer season, and then to get this again is just speaks to the beauty of baseball. Pat, this is an NBA <laughs> jump shooter missing thirty shots in a row. I mean, that nobody does that, but in baseball, that kind of stuff happens, and. It's it's really sad to watch it because uh, I actually feel for him.
0: I saw him hit two home runs in spring training, though,
4: against the Twins this year.
0: I think the two he hit were both against the Twins. I know he hit one in uh, in Hammond Stadium, and then he hit one up against them uh, in Sarasota, too, where right. the Twins were. Well,
4: we were kind of joking yesterday, and it's really not that funny, but that poor Trevor Rosenthal guy, he's made four appearances yes. this year, Pat. And he hasn't gotten anyone out yet. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I saw that the other day. He got the Infinity ERA,
4: you know. He's still got it after four appearances. So I guess the question is what would happen if he faced Chris Davis? I mean, what? A guy who hasn't gotten anybody out, a guy who can't get a hit. It's just – it's really – baseball at its worst, but at times, at its finest, that
0: this stuff is actually going hey, on. Tim, Kirk Jones with us, ESPN. Hey, Tim, stuck up here in the uh, northern climes with now an outdoor stadium. Uh, it, the scheduling of Major League Baseball and the way they do it drives me nuts. Uh, we were talking to Tom Kelly uh, earlier, and uh, he pointed out that they had Houston and Tampa, two Southern Dome teams playing each other already. But why would you you got Washington and the Mets might be the most fun rivalry in baseball this year because of the pitching right? Why right. would you blow six or seven of their games already? Why wouldn't you have you know where you've you know from May fifteenth to September fifteenth when you get forty thousand every time they play each
1: other?
4: Yeah, that makes sense. look, I give a little bit of uh. Of leeway to the schedule makers because obviously you can't keep everyone happy. But I remember last year, the Indians <laughs> had four teams come in in April that were not coming back the rest of the season. Yes. And you can imagine what weather in Cleveland looks like in April. It rains, it snows, it's freezing, and those teams, some of them, are not coming back. <laughs> so it creates Yes. Terrible yeah. scheduling situations with a
0: postponement. Yeah. Well, Tommy Hamilton was here with the uh, Cleveland for the opener. He told me they were going to play Toronto in Cleveland before they play Cleveland played in Toronto
4: with the roof. But uh, yeah, it I, doesn't make any sense. And then there are the the Red Sox. With all due respect, they're they're the defending world champs, and they play eleven <laughs> in a row on the road yes. on the West Coast. So they go from day games in Florida. For spring training to night games, uh three thirty-five hundred miles away, amazing. And the Cubs get their first home game today, also. And again, we're 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 two weeks into the season almost.
0: Okay, off the top question here for you. I just brought up to, to Tom Hamilton. You got a lot of friends in the announcing business, modern baseball. Uh, you know, we, they, the announcers used to be so much of the package in baseball, so much of the identity when I, I'm older than you, but when both of us were kids listening to games from wherever we could listen to, who's your go-to radio play-by-play guy right now?
4: Um, well, that's a, you know, I have to actually think about this, not because there aren't great yeah. ones, but so many of the great ones aren't around anymore. Um, You know, I have a – this is a personal one. But Eric Nadel of the Rangers, I grew up, you know, covering baseball with him. And he used to live right around the corner. And he can do an inning in Spanish if you need him to. And he doesn't speak Spanish, but he learned how to speak (laughs) Spanish. And I think he does a terrific job because he works really, really hard. He's always in that manager's office pregame with the writers, listening to what the manager has to say. So I would say Eric Nadell is pretty close to the top of that list. Mm-hmm. And
0: of course, when we get the chance to uh, hear him on uh, radio uh, these days, uh, Johnny Miller I think might be my favorite out in San Francisco. The Giants. Any no team in baseball has the legacy. Of great announcing that the San Francisco Giants have, although the Dodgers have a legacy because it was one guy <laughs> Ben. But right. but the uh the Giants have always had fantastic announcing and they got it in T V now with uh
4: Kuiper right. and Krukow too. So. Right. And Dave Fleming's out there too, yeah. and I work with him and he's tremendous. John Miller and I went out after a lot of games, Pat, <laughs> over the years, but he's a the <laughs> Oreo broadcaster. And we'd have some pizza and a couple of beers and he would get, he would go into his impersonation. Yeah. <laughs> he would do Vin Scully speaking in Spanish. Sure. Do <laughs> Feller doing a leave it to beaver show. Oh my God. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I, I left many nights just crying with laughter listening to John Miller.
0: We were in Bobby Maduro stadium for an exhibition game 20 years ago. And he was still with the Orioles and, uh, he absconded the microphone and started becoming Bob Casey, the angry PA guy, and was <laughs> screaming at these two hundred Cubans not to smoke cigarettes. And Kirby Bucket, right. no, okay. Kirby Bucket, and Herbeck, and uh, they were all there. They were
4: howling. I never laughed so hard in my life. He's a great. Yeah, star. he's great. He's great. I love the radio TV broadcast. Is <laughs> still. Guys, you grew up with are always going to be your guys, no matter what, and it's still a great part of the game.
0: Timmy, talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much. Okay, Pat. See you. All right. Call of Duty: Modern
1: Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards
4: like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator skin. Man, I love Operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points. This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh,
1: oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free at 23.